Hey everyone, it's your girl Cranelli, and you're listening to Hustle and Heart, a podcast designed to help you stay woke and live your best life. On this podcast, I interview tons of experts in a variety of fields, from wellness and beauty to entrepreneurship and human optimization. I do the research and get the insider scoop about all things trending for self-growth. If you find this podcast to be helpful and a good time, please remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you love what you hear, please leave me a rating and a review. Now that we've met, I'd love to stay connected. You can find me on Instagram at K-R-E-N-A-R-E-A-L-I. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to spread the love and the wisdom using the hashtag Krenali. I can't wait to take you on this journey with me. It's going to be lit. Now let's get into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the eighth episode of Hustle and Heart. I'm so excited for you all to meet my latest podcast guest today, Maggie Tsamai, or Margarita Tsamai, also goes by Maggie Kamaj from New York City. Maggie is a tri-state attorney, the author of 14 books, a writer, a poet, and an Albanian-American who was raised in the Bronx. I wanted to interview Maggie because I truly believe she's a trailblazer and I'm so inspired by her advocacy for mental health and female empowerment within our culture. She's super inspiring and her latest book, Clipping Our Wings, has been number one on Amazon's plain screenwriting reference category for several consecutive weeks as a bestseller. Maggie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's truly an honor, and I'm so happy that we get to share your story so intimately in this way. Now, apart from that, it's also special to me because we're both Albanian. Now, I doubt there's many people that aren't yet familiar with you or haven't heard of you, but for the few that might not have yet, um, please introduce yourself to the Hustle and Heart community. Hi, everyone. I'm Maggie. Some of you know me as Margarita Tsalmai from my books, Marguerite Kamaj. <laughs> um, some of you know me as MC, but I love to be called Maggie. First and foremost, thank you so much to Kernora. I love that you're using your platform for something positive and amazing. Hustle and heart all the way. It's honestly so amazing to have you on the podcast. And I feel like, you know, you are such a ideal example of the hustle and heart concept i think you chose a great name i think that the concept of hustle and heart is beautiful hustling is important you know especially if you come from nothing it's a certain hunger in you but i think the fact that you put heart there is really equally important if not more important because without heart without integrity without character and all of that hustling and achieving things wouldn't be important in my opinion, at least. <laughs> um, so great choice. I love it. <laughs> That's so sweet, honestly, hearing that from you. And I appreciate it a lot. And I appreciate you taking time out of your day to, you know, make this podcast happen. And I feel like you have a lot to offer our audience. You are super inspiring. And I think your story is going to resonate with a lot of people. So again, thank you so much. So 
tell me a bit about what it was like growing up Albanian um, in the Bronx and in New York. You know, a lot of immigrant families are sold the American dream, but I truly think you're a shining example of overcoming adversity and making your dreams come true. You've achieved so much um, in the last few years, and I want to know what inspired you to start writing, uh, become an attorney, become an author, become a poet, uh, among many other titles that uh, you've achieved for yourself. Well, I emigrated to the Bronx when I was two years old with my parents due to political persecution. My dad was a human rights fighter back home, so I wasn't born here, but I was always proud to be Albanian. We've been through a lot as people and we're very, very strong people. And the women, forget it, like especially the women. <laughs> this is true. They're just something else. We do so much at once. Even just not our generation, but our grandmothers, our mothers, like me, I saw my mother do so much. Work three to four jobs, come home at 3 a.m. sometimes. We'd have to walk to Jerome Avenue and, you know, to like pick my mom up with my dad. Um, in the middle of the Bronx, you know, it's, it's really crazy. Our resilience is so beautiful. Regarding being an Albanian girl, personally, it was great. To keep it real, my parents were very, um, I guess you can say different from the stereotypical like Albanian father or parents, um, which I don't even like to use the word stereotypical or stereotypes because for me, they were always something that didn't mean much. Um, I don't follow, like I don't listen to stereotypes. I don't, I think they're ridiculous. <laughs> um, I don't like generalizations. I never did. But um, my father's always, always pushed me to do things that other fathers probably wouldn't have been okay with. That's why I mentioned like the typical um, Albanian dad. And my dad isn't the only one, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of Albanian dads who treat their daughters equally, um, but plenty isn't enough. You know, definitely. I get it. That's, that's a really strong point. But yeah, my dad was huge on education, huge, always. Um, and he was also big on giving me freedom. So as long as I did my part, you know, he was always fair with me. He trusted my decisions. He let me make mistakes. Um, he grew up in poverty, you know, back home and his escape was education. You know, mine was writing. So although I have a strong education background, writing has always been my huge passion since I was a little girl, like seven years old, you know, but um, neither him or my mom, you know, they were not really big on me cooking and cleaning and all of that. Like, of course, everyone needs to know the basics to survive and all of those things are nice. Um, but as a young girl, that wasn't their focus for me. Um, they didn't really put like a big emphasis on that. You know, they wanted me to, you know, have my own, have my own life. And they gave me that freedom. And, you know, that was beautiful. Yeah, no, I really respect that. And I have the utmost respect for parents who came from third world countries, you know, to Canada, to the U.S. And knew that they didn't have maybe these opportunities to pursue higher education back home. But for their children, it would be different. And your story resonates a lot with mine. And I'm very fortunate to have had the same type of parents that were very supportive in, you know, my academics. And although they were also very traditional, like at the end of the day, they knew that there was life outside of knowing how to make, you know, the perfect budek or baklava, right? So, I mean, they're their really sincere support in all of my career and academic endeavors so far um, 
has been really like a strong reason behind my success and you know I can tell that you feel the same way about your parents as well and we are really lucky to have had very strong um you know father figures who who did anything for us to get educated and like you said the story of your mom you know working crazy shifts and having more than one job I mean this is a story that many immigrant families can relate to and that's very near and dear to their hearts because they know the sacrifices that you know their parents went through for the opportunities that they were given today and apart from having like an immigrant story I mean I'm sure it was insane as well um like growing up in in the Bronx for example so tell us a bit more about what that was like I was exposed to everything in a way um when I was young I saw things that you know uh, honestly uh young girl shouldn't see um not just because I was Albanian but um because of where I grew up um but shout out to the Bronx one time because I wouldn't have wanted to grow up anywhere else and it really has a big big role in my art and in my writing a huge role and just my character too oh totally like I can definitely see how those experiences have definitely shaped who you are and who you've become and have inspired you to accomplish so much. And uh, like you mentioned, you really love writing. I'm sure writing was a really great outlet for you, you know, growing up and not just a way to escape, but a way to really express yourself and the experiences you were going through. Could you maybe speak a little bit more to this for us? God, writing is everything to me. I can't stress that enough. I can't live without it. If something comes to me, I have to write it down, like automatically, or else I'll feel like I lost something inside of me. It's a strange feeling, and honestly, sometimes it can be overwhelming. I've been writing since forever. Like, I was seven years old when my mom would catch me writing my feelings down on paper, and it sounds crazy. Um, when I was 12, I published my first poem in the International Library of Poetry. Um, you know, and just being like a girl from the Bronx, I, I thought that in and of itself where you know we didn't have that much opportunity the fact that um I entered a contest and won that was crazy to me um I always felt so much even as a little girl I always had all of these emotions <laughs> um you know even whether it was sadness or happiness or you know I, my energy was always so strong on whatever emotion it was um you know words saved me hip-hop and rap you know I grow, I like grew up to that being poetry. Music is what honestly made me pick up a pen and start writing. The feeling of peace that lyrics gave me was really beautiful. So I write lyrics as well. Um, regarding being an attorney, I guess that's just my logical side. Dualism. <laughs> um, having both sides has really helped me grow. Um, my dad was an immigration lawyer, so I grew up around that and I was exposed to to that to law in the legal realm I do a little bit of everything regarding law but I wanted to learn and study the legal side you know of how to protect artists and music because the music industry can be really vicious um I love music and entertainment law the most I also like the humans right human rights fight um you know an aspect of it so I can help like with that whenever I can that is my intellectual side, I guess. As much as that feeds my brain, though, like 
writing feeds my heart and my soul. Like, for example, um, I wrote maybe six books, I believe, while I was in law school. Like, when things would pop into my brain, I had to write it. So even if I was taking a law exam, I had to stop and write it down or else um, it would be lost forever. And that wouldn't feel good at all to me. Um, I would get anxiety. So I passed my New York bar exam the first time. And I remember everyone telling me to just stop writing while I was studying <laughs> for, um, I think it was about three months. I studied with uh, Mar Margaret, my friend Margaret. Shout out to Margaret. <laughs> um, she's amazing. She's another lawyer. Um, so yeah, I was studying for about three months for the bar exam. Um, you know, and I didn't stop writing. I actually wrote feel while I was studying for the bar exam. Um, a lot of people thought that that was just crazy. You know, to be honest, my dad would get mad and tell me that I'm not focusing on law <laughs> that much. Um, you know, so he was scared I was going to fail because he was like, how can you write a book and study? But, um, you know, it's my creative side. I can't block it out. I would feel like I'm lacking. Um, I would feel like my heart isn't being like filled, you know, um, writing has always been my way of like keeping sane. So, you know, um, law school was very structured. So, um, I had to just feed my creative side or else I probably would have like, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, I became an author because these artists and et cetera, they saved me with their words. Um, and if there's one person, like particularly a kid, who still holds that innocence or is crying or feels lost or they don't belong or feels like love doesn't exist because everyone around them is trying to persuade them differently. Um, and everyone around them is not making them feel is making them feel like they're not good enough um, or that they can't do something, you know, um, or they're not equal or anything like that, you know, um, you know, and they read what I write and they feel good and they feel like they can relate, you know. That's everything to me. They don't feel alone because um, I felt alone a lot growing up. You know, I felt like even if I was around people like I didn't, you know, I would I would feel alone sometimes. So, you know, that means everything to me. I've had people message me while they were in like horrible situations mentally. Um, and, you know, knowing that I could help them with words like I thank God for that. And I thank God for everything, really, because I wouldn't be here without him. You know, I'm just using his gifts and, you know, these are the gifts that he chose to give me. Um, so I'm very grateful for that and I will use them to, you know, the greatest of my ability. And, um, I thank my mom too, because I wouldn't have been where I am today if it wasn't for her. Like she saved my life so many times, um, you know, cause I get lost in my emotions so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I relate to that a lot. And I really think that this is why your latest book, Clipping Our Wings is so revolutionary, especially for a community like ours where you know, these topics um, are very stigmatized. But I'm really glad that uh, the topics around mental health are becoming more commonplace in conversation because it allows people to find solutions, understanding that they are not their thoughts and that expectations that might have been set centuries ago don't have to be the norm in 2020 within our communities. Honestly, guys, if you don't have this book yet, fam, I don't know what you're doing. Like, get on Amazon right now, buy the book buy one for your brother for your sister for your mom for your dad it's so important to be informed on the message that it's sending and you're really going to enjoy it but maybe for the audience members who might not have the book yet but have heard about it and 
want to know a bit more, can you give us a quick synopsis and breakdown of what they can expect when they're reading Clipping Our Wings? Clipping Our Wings is broken up into four acts. So it's four families in New York, Brooklyn, the Bronx. Um, I also use Michigan because there are a lot of Albanians there as well. And um, while reading it, you can see the interactions within the household and within the family and within the sisters, within the brothers. Um, and hopefully you can see the unequal treatment of women through that and the neglect of mental health. Like, you, you know, they're, they tie together sort of because if you treat women unequally, you know, you're, that's not healthy. That's not healthy for the mind. You know, the, the whole family dynamic is not going to be, you know, good. It's not going to be healthy, you know. Definitely. And I think what's really special about clipping our wings is that a lot of the primary research and a lot of the characters are taken from, you know, true and honest accounts of Albanian women and Albanian Americans who, you know, wanted to share their story. What was that like interviewing these women? Can you tell us more about that experience and about their, their individual stories? Okay, so I don't want to comment too deeply on this because I don't want to by accident say something that I shouldn't because every person remains anonymous and I want to respect that to the fullest. One thing I can say though is that yes, a lot of them felt stunted by their culture to this day and that they couldn't do everything that they wanted and they had to focus on their roles, quote unquote, because they were women and so many struggled with mental health issues and they couldn't even talk about it because it wasn't acceptable. And the men too, the few men that I've spoken to as well. And um, But I, at the same time, like it was reaffirmed, like I was reaffirmed in my belief that Albanian women are so powerful. They were and they are to this day. And Albanians in general, even the men, you know, um, and if they don't feel it yet, I hope that they all realize it and that they don't listen to anyone else saying the opposite. I hope that they don't repeat the cycle with their kids. I hope that they choose partners that reflect that behavior because who you choose to raise kids with and to spend the rest of your life with, that has the biggest impact on everything. Oh, 100%. And it's exactly what you said. It's about ending that generational trauma and making sure it doesn't get repeated. And again, within a community where marriage is pushed on many young women at a very young age and on many men as well, it's, it's a big decision that shouldn't be taken lightly. Because like you said, this is someone you are going to build a family with. And you want to make sure it's someone who is conscious of these topics and is going to be an understanding and supportive ally to you in that partnership. And I love that this gets across in almost all of your writing. It's very empowering, you know, to the modern day woman. And I majored in English as well uh, back in university. But I really love how vulnerable you can be, especially with your poetry. Tell us a bit more about that because it takes a lot for you to go to a platform with so much exposure like Twitter or like Instagram and have your writing out there um, and so raw for everyone to be able to experience and relate to. Thank you again, Kernarda. That's awesome to know that you love writing too. I wasn't an English major. Um, I actually majored and minored in history, philosophy, Spanish, and theology. 
at Fordham University um, when I was in college. And honestly, all that was writing too. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So um, even though it wasn't an English class, it was a lot of it was almost all of it was writing and reading. But um, yeah, I very much feel like vulnerability is strength. I feel like being human is a strength and I'm not really scared to show anyone my heart. Like, honestly, I didn't really ever have a shell to come out of. Like, I've been blessed with this thick skin, um, probably because I've been through a lot. But um, what others say doesn't really affect me when it's negative energy, you know? You can just feel when it's negative energy, um, unless it's the people close to my heart, um, you know, because they're close to my heart. So anything they say, you know, um, I, I respect them, so I take it seriously. Um, and the people close to my heart, though, they wouldn't really have a problem with me being vulnerable, you know, because I'm giving them that space to actually be near my heart and they're giving me the space to be near their heart, you know. So I think that's a beautiful thing. And when someone does that, you should take good care of it. But um, the pen has always been uh, like a kind of a weapon for me. I always felt safe with my human. And um, although, you know, some people think that they have the power to hurt you with that when you give them that, you know, with being so open with your feelings. Um, but I think the opposite, like, that's why I also think that um, men can be emotional and it's okay because it, it's a strength, you know, it's not a weakness, no matter how other people take it, you know, maybe that's their insecurities talking. Um, but yeah, they don't have, they, they don't because you're comfortable with yourself and you know your strength. So they don't have like, you know, they don't have the power over you, I guess. And with that, nothing can really affect you because you know that you have all of this love inside of you, you know? And with that, like, that's the greatest thing you can possess. And, you know, that should be your greatest power. So when, when you're okay with that, when you're secure with that, you're okay. Like, you can you can talk about anything. You can write about anything, you know, because it's pure. It's, like, coming from within you. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, quarter of the year right there. Honestly, that's really beautiful. I just think that as long as it's pure, as long as it's real, as long as it's not forced, as long as it's coming out of you, it's flowing out of you, it's... It's coming from your core. It's not coming from like any type of like yearn for it's like a yearning for an attention or for, you know, it's, as long as someone's writing for themselves, as long as they're being vulnerable, as long as they're being real with it, I think it's the most beautiful thing ever. So like I've mentioned my majors and I've mentioned my minors, but honestly, like I've been writing since a little girl and, you know, education's so important, but that comes from like my writing comes from somewhere within me that. You know, it's not really defined by like a, a major or a, a career or or something structured. It's just it, it flows like I think that, you know, um, I just think that God gets to me with that. And, and I'm very thankful for it. For sure. Your writing is definitely a gift and it's something really special. Um, but I can tell you're definitely also an empath and just hearing you speak, I can sense the amount of like compassion and empathy you have for others and how much respect and value you give to your own emotions and the emotions of others yes I'm definitely an empath I'm huge on empathy huge um and although I love it I'm sure you'll hear other people say that it's a burden too because it's so much to take you know but I wouldn't want it to be any other way it's a burden because you can feel someone's intentions and energy like and, you know, it can be negative a lot of the time. Uh, you can feel when someone's trying to take advantage of you or coming to you with no pure intentions. Um, but at the same time, that's a good thing because, you know, you can spot it. 
honestly though most of the people around me are empaths like my day one Jay she's the same way she's a social worker um, and working with people going through things is so intense for her you know I think that emotional intelligence though is probably one of the most if not the most important thing that someone can possess you know I can feel other people's pain you know I can put myself in their shoes even even if I may not have been through that same exact thing you know Um, I don't know if that's partially because it's a gift because, you know, I've been like that since a kid, you know, um, I, but I think it was even more so shaped with experience and like with certain things that I've been through, um, you know, life teaches you a lot, you know, and if, if you pay attention to things, you, you can grow, you can understand, like I always used to, you know, I think Lauren Hill, she says something like, you know, I I used to want to be, you know, understood because like I was misunderstood, you know, me too. But like now I, the gift of understanding is so much greater, like understanding other people and everything like that. It's a beautiful thing. It's It can be a painful thing, but it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, people tell me their stories, but they can also trust me. I think some people confide in people and some people get excited and they want to expose them, especially now with the internet, like, they want that attention and they go and tell everyone, you know, and um, even after they're not, you know, when they're not close anymore, whatever the case is. And that was never me. You know, trust is very important to me. Like my word is everything to me. Like if, if, if I give somebody my word and I won't break it, like, you know, I it's very important. So I'm like, I'm thankful anyone can come and talk to me, you know, if they're going through something like and if I have the mental capacity, if I'm not going through too much, um, I wouldn't have a problem helping them with their problems, you know, whoever it is, anyone listening right now, like, if you're going through something, feel free to reach out, you know, if if I can handle it, if I can handle it myself, if I'm not going through, you know, a a crazy period, I I definitely wouldn't mind helping anyone. No, and I love that so much, because I'm the exact same way, and, you know, sometimes, like, people even question it, because they're like, they're like, yo, Quinn, like, why you got everyone's back, though, if if it's not always the same way and it always comes down to the same thing for me it's about integrity it's about you having the integrity for yourself um despite the actions or the words of others you know we live in a time where a lot of people can switch up on you so quick but it's important to remember your own values and your own core beliefs and stay true to yourself and stay true to your own word that's what it comes down to that's what it means to be, you know, a decent human being. And like you said, especially for us, people who are empaths, you know, we want to be there for others. We want to be the shoulder to cry on or the person that um, they can lean on because that's just who we are in our nature. And in our own way, it's it's how we stand up for others. And I can tell that this is so evident in a lot of your writing and in Clipping Our Wings as well. Can you speak a bit more to that? Yeah, so I'm big on human rights. My dad was a human rights fighter for Albanians during a scary time when his own life was threatened. Um, He always stood up for what he believed in, and I'm happy to be the same as him on that aspect. Like, I stand up for anything that I believe is right, even if everyone else was against me. I think that's an important trait to have. Um, I'm really big on these issues because I really believe that every single person is equal. Like, I have a strong faith in God, and I think that everyone, you know, everyone... He, he created all of us, so everyone is equal, race, religion, nationality, whatever. 
if you truly believe in God, you won't think that anyone is better than another person, you know. Everyone has their free will, but, you know, um, I grew up in a really poor area in the Bronx, and I witnessed that inequality in social class and in the education system and all of that. It wasn't equal, you know. Um, so when it comes to the Bronx, I try to mentor and do what I can and, you know, try to open doors of opportunity in ways that I can. Um, you know, I, I also wrote two children's books, so um, that focuses heavy heavily on the mind and the heart and how, you know, all we need are those even if we don't have riches like all we need is our mind and our heart you know and we can achieve so much with just that um i'm also really really big on black lives matter you know um and with stopping police brutality and all of that it's disgusting the way that some humans are treated because of their color like like what <laughs> um i'm albanian so honestly i've seen a lot of similar struggles between what our people have dealt with back in our motherland you know so you need to stand up for anything for any human that is treated not fairly you know you need to you know the, the genocide and all of that that happened you know in our motherland so it's not okay humans shouldn't be treated like this so even if they're not our people even if it's our people quote unquote <laughs> even if it's not our culture everybody is is human you know you you stand up for what is right you stand up for what is right so yeah i'm huge on the black lives matter movement huge 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 in my writing you know this passion is separate in a way from my creativity like social justice but um whenever i feel like mixing the two i will like just like i did with clipping our wings souls up i've mentioned the bronx a lot and i have a few poems written on that regarding clipping our wings and what I want it to do is, well, ideally, <laughs> we'd want everyone to be equal, right? But that's laughable, you know, because it's not going to happen. You can't snap your finger. You can't write a book and have there be change, you know? You can't have somebody write a song and have there be change or write a research book or a textbook and have there be change. It doesn't happen overnight, you know, but it's a step. It's a step in the right direction. And if everybody stood up and especially what I'd like this book to do is spark a few minds. Like I've said that previously, like perhaps the youth. I think the youth is so important. How we treat kids is so important. They, they are our foundation. They are, you know, they're everything. They still hold so much innocence, you know, so everyone needs to be careful in how they treat children. I'm big on protecting children. <laughs> they're the ones capable of making change by reading that they can see how it maybe affects us you know and, and how to fix it so that we can be better than we are already so they can be better you know the breaking the cycle I, I talk about breaking the cycle the last page of the book literally asks are you going to break the cycle that's very important no i love that that's so true and especially as an educator myself like kids are the future and everything they're exposed to especially from a young age and i want to ask you this because Having grown up in the Bronx, having been exposed to, you know, a lot of different writing, a lot of different environments, even the music. So I'm sure artists like Tupac were especially inspiring for you. We want to know more about you. So tell us a bit more about, you know, the artists that you would listen to. And because I know you write a lot of music yourself and a lot of lyrics, whether it's, again, um, artists who influenced you like Lauryn Hill who are some of the authors that you look to for inspiration or that were some of your favorites growing up? And with that, I just got to mention, there's so many um, Albanian Americans, especially in New York, you know, really being trailblazers and entrepreneurs in their fields, whether they're musicians, whether they're, um, you know, businesswomen. Um, and I'm sure you know a lot of them. A lot of them are also mentioned um, on the back cover of your 
the back cover of your book and uh, gave reviews which were outstanding. Um, can you speak more to this? I listen to music so much. I love hip hop. Hip hop was born in the Bronx, actually. Um, I'm big on words. I grew up listening to Tupac, Eminem, Big Pun, Big L, Immortal Tech, Joe Budden, Royce the Five Nine, Styles P, Jadakiss, Rakim, Mob Deep, Prodigy, Nas, Method Man, Red Man. Um, I love J. Cole too. Um, but yeah, those are a few that I could think of right now. But um, outside of hip hop, music in general is beautiful to me. If it touches me, you know, I love R&B. I love rock. You know, there's some pop songs I like. Like I love The Fray. Um, I love Coldplay. I love Adele. Anything poetic, anything that can make you feel something. Um, regarding writers, like my favorite book is Weathering Heights by Emily Bronte. I love, love, love that book. I've read it so many times. Um, I love Pablo Neruda. I love Paolo Coelho, uh, Bukowski. I love Bukowski. I could read him all. He's <laughs> he's great. Um, you know, uh, now um, I love Joel Leon. He's also from the Bronx. He's amazing. Definitely check him out. Passport Gift. He's a great friend of mine. He's a rapper. Um, Sid Long, um, Lyric Perez. Those are just a few to mention. Like she has a book out as well. Lyric. Definitely check it out. Um, she's a, she's an empath too. She's great such a good human being, um, filled with love, filled with love. Um, I also mentor a young Albanian man, Elvis Lumnica. He's a poet and an engineer, you know, he wrote a note in my book. Um, he's great too, an empath. Bianca Sheko, shout out to her. Um, she's a singer and a songwriter. She is amazing. Her voice is great. So good. Kind of sounds like Amy Winehouse. <laughs> um, a mix of that, a mix of a few things, but amazing. I'm sorry if I forgot anyone. Um, thank you to everyone who wrote a blurb in the back of the book. Thank you to Harvard Albanian Student Association, Fordham Albanian Student Association. Thank you to Nora Kuka, uh, Medina Kalaku, Feminism Al, Beats Sexism, which is in uh, 20 plus countries. I think they originated in Prague, um, in Czech. Uh, Dafina Zachiri, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, you're great. Um, Yasmina Shemula, Diosa Pachuku, uh, great celebrity makeup artist, great person. Um, Valentina, founder of Vise, Alexandra Stanai, another amazing singer, Stanaj, I'm sure you heard of him. Um, that's his sister. Um, and Susanna Goichai, founder of Susanna Spasu. You guys wrote inc incredible blurbs um, and commented on how powerful it is to be an Albanian woman and uh, what we overcame and it's beautiful and also my cousin who is like my brother to me uh, Sim Tsamai, um, Sim Kamaj, <laughs> Simski, <laughs> I'm kidding, he uh, co-wrote, co-produced and also starred in Anna Adore which is a film, um, everyone needs to watch it, it's so eye-opening, it's amazing um, and he also has new songs coming out and they're they're also he's another empath and he's great so definitely um stay tuned for that shout out to rob twiz um he's also he's a rapper he's great he writes ciphers he he does a lot and he's a very good person as well so definitely um follow him follow his music he's amazing um also a beer follow him too his he's another he's a huge fan of joe budden <laughs> so um yeah he's he's great to follow him and um yeah that's 
that's all that comes to mind right now. Um, I'm so sorry if something slipped my mind, but um, follow anybody who is talented and who has, you know, who has pure energy and who, you know, has its kind of integrity because art's great, but uh, the person's even greater. You know, the person creates that art. So I think that's very important. No, that's super awesome. These these people seem like, you know, the kind of people we want in our circle and the kind of people that the Hustle and Hot community can learn from. And yeah, I encourage everyone to follow everyone that Maggie just mentioned. You know, get on Instagram, get on Twitter, get on Facebook, look out for their art, look out for the music they're making, look out for um, the change that you know, they're trying to make in the world and become a supporter of that. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. It's all about people supporting one another and supporting each other's dreams. But in closing, again, Maggie, it's been awesome talking to you and so insightful. You have so many special gifts and thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to, to come on the podcast and share that all with us. In closing, for any upcoming artists or entrepreneurs or authors or even attorneys, what is some advice you can give to the Hustle and Heart community and anyone listening about chasing their dreams and about how to make it happen? Kernara, thank you, truly. I mean that from my heart. Your energy is amazing. <laughs> like, if I hadn't said it enough, like, amazing. Um, but yeah, whatever your goal is, keep pushing. Do not stop. Do not quit. Focus, focus, focus. Tunnel vision is very, very important. There are going to be people around you who haven't figured out their purpose yet or they don't care to, you know, and that's okay. Everybody has a different purpose in life. But if you have something you really want, you're going to have to lock in and and, and set your mind to it if you want it, you know, if you want it bad enough. Um, that doesn't mean don't have fun. Like, don't be around people who you trust and who you love, you know, and don't, you, you know, you, you need to give yourself a break too. But but if you want something, you have to focus. There, there'll be time, there'll be plenty of time for you to, like, relax afterwards, you know. Um, or, yeah, you set that time for you to relax in between. But there are and will be people out there who will project their fears onto you you know they believe that they can't do it so they're trying to stop you from doing it everybody's different everybody's different if you feel stuck you have to remember your purpose and keep going your purpose is important so that's probably the first thing that you want to focus on and figure out you know it you could be going fast but you need to figure out what you're going fast towards you know you, you need to have a goal like something you're staring at um, I just kept going, you know, I didn't stop. I mentioned God again, but he gave me purpose and he was always greater than what anyone had to say. You know, um, if they take the time out of their day to say something about you that's negative and they don't know you, you know, they don't know you. And when all you're trying to do is, um, you know, do better for yourself and those around you, then that says more about them than you, you know break through the barriers. The box around you is just an illusion. You know, you have the power. Nobody else does. It is in your hands. Keep your heart pure. Do not forget the people around you who have helped you. Don't forget people that were there by your side. You know, don't forget people you love. Take good, good, good care of them because love at the end of the day is the number one goal. The number one goal is love. It's not your, it's not your career. It's not your success. Without love, I believe that the human is nothing. So that is the most important. Do not lose sight of that. Um, so yeah, focus.
<laughs> no, that's honestly the best advice, and it's true. It's, I mean, it's just a sunrise for everyone. Make sure you have that tunnel vision. Make sure that even when you have those people that might doubt you and might doubt what you're doing, stay true to your own goals and stay focused. I love everything you shared, all of your insight. Again, your vibe is unreal. Again, your energy, likewise. It's funny, actually. I feel like I'm just going to be quoting you for like weeks to come. But again, Everyone, the one and only Nike Tsamai on the Hustle and Heart podcast. Nike, thank you for your time. Thank you for your inspiring words. And thank you for everything you're doing for our community. And for everyone who listened to this episode, if you're not yet following Nike Tsamai, you can find her on Instagram at N-A-G-I-C-A-M-A-J. And make sure you also check out her website, M-C-A-M-A-J. Com. Like I've said before, if you haven't yet purchased her book, it's a number one bestseller right now. You can get it on Amazon. Makes an awesome gift for the holidays as well. Given the gift of knowledge and, and spreading that wokeness, as we like to say here at Hustle and Heart. So again, Maggie, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kenora. This was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for the energy you brought. Um, I wish you the greatest success and um, just continue being who you are because it's honestly great. Thank you. And that's a wrap for the latest episode of my podcast, Hustle and Heart. I'm your host, Kren Ali. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. We really appreciate it. Till next time, stay woke. Stay woke.